This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host Joe Rimmer and today I'm joined by Ian Doyle. How are we Ian? Hello Happy Joseph, how are you? I'm alright, I'm alright. Are you all 2024-ish? I'm ready for 2024, yeah, yeah I am. Only another 364 days to go? Five, yeah. leap year. Yeah, I didn't love 2023, but I think 2024 is going to be a good year. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. How about you Theo, are you um, positive for 2024? Uh, better than 2023, so I've certainly started well hasn't it last night, which I'm sure we're about to get into. Yeah, yeah we certainly are, it was, um, there's a lot to get into isn't there Ian, there was, there was a lot to get into, it was um a really, really good game. Um, so certainly, I'm sure the neutrals enjoyed it. Um, it had a bit of everything. Um, and Liverpool won three points clear at the top of the Premier League and they were pretty relentless, weren't they? Mm. Just a, a bit thrown by the fact you just call me Ian. Even my dad calls me Jamie. That's the name of my brother. So, uh, Do you want me to call it, you Jamie for the rest of the No, part? no, no. I would rather not have that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yes, it was an interesting evening. The, the thing is, is that it was funny enough, walking away from the ground, I, th- I was talking to Paul Ghost, our colleague, and Carl Markham from the Press Association, and uh, hi, I, no, it wasn't. It was uh, it was David Lynch. Sorry, it was David Lynch. And not I, hi, Carl. Not hi, Carl. No <laughs> hi, Carl. Uh, and we were discussing. I mentioned the fact that that's the kind of game where if Liverpool do end up doing something this season in the Premier League worthwhile, that that's one that will get replayed quite a lot oh, when they show the highlights yeah. because it's yeah. one of those evenings where quite a lot happened, as you mentioned. And we will get into the bits and you know nuts and bolts of it all in a bit. But just generally speaking, to get a win in a game where there was a slight period where you thought oh no, this is going to turn into one of those nights but it ended up becoming one of those nights um, where the fans will remember it anybody used the you know Newcastle will remember it they played their part in the game even though they probably shouldn't have yeah. for being honest I mean Liverpool going forward were you know very very good in patches I mean they had decent chances without being brilliant chances but having said that, you know, you looked at the the XG, which, you know, we don't always go in for these kind of basically made up statistics. But whether you like it or not, Liverpool have the highest XG that's ever been in a Premier League game that's that's been recorded. And, they, you know, they've won a game 9-0, they've won a game 7-0, all the teams have won 9-0. But Liverpool managed to get the four goals, one of them a penalty. And I don't think anybody could complain about the result, not even Jason Tindall. No, no, he was prowling the touchline. I thought there was a rule where both... Like more than one person, the coaching team. I think I think he's he exempt. He's yeah. exempt from everything. Although I do think that you know you be the one to try and tell him to sit down. Yeah. He just seems to just you know he's a law unto himself. Has anybody said he's the manager? Yeah. Eddie Howe's the assistant there. Well, there there is that, uh, and also has anybody seen the Jason Tindall video where he wishes uh, a Merry Christmas? To have you not seen that one? No. no? no okay. Well, I will not ruin it for you then. You've seen it, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Worth checking that checking that out. Good. Oh, I certainly will. I certainly will. Yeah, Theo. I mean, Dory's just hinted at it then. But Anfield was was alive last night. You know, there was fury, frustration, celebration, a little bit of dancing at the end. But but it was that because, as Dory mentioned, going in at half time at nil nil, some big chances created, some big chances missed, the penalty missed. Um, was there slight fear that it could turn into another Man United game? Yeah, I think there was a fear that it could, like if Liverpool were rushing it, they weren't creating clear-cut chances, then there is that fear that it is going to go one way. But when you look at the chances they did create, with the XG being so high, Depravka making so many good saves, 
they felt like they were in more control of it and they'll have learnt their lesson from that United game and that, that's what we saw and this is a Liverpool side now that they've got all four, five forwards back granted for a month it's only going to be that one night but they've got that strength and depth and we can see the players now coming back from injury it's making a difference like you just wish Jota had been fit for that United game for that Arsenal game Absolutely, for yeah. some of those like that he'd have made a massive difference but then the atmosphere has been incredible the last few games since Jurgen Klopp challenged the fans they've certainly risen to it and maybe it's also helping the fact that Liverpool have almost accidentally turned into proper genuine title contenders at the moment and they've got this lead built if they can just keep on picking up the points then the fans are going to have to keep creating this atmosphere to keep making it such an intimidating place to go to make the difference they've had chances where they missed out on a title by a point you don't want that to be the case this year you don't want to be if only we've scored one of our chances against United or Arsenal you want to look back on the games like Newcastle where you have made it count you're just hoping they're not using up all these chances that we are still going to have one of those games where everything goes in where it is another 7-0 against a Manchester United or something like that but yeah it's just a great night for Liverpool and it's only when you look back at it you realise how good they really were when you've got the, the benefit of hindsight when they have scored four goals they have got the three points as opposed to a frustrating first half yeah I mean you spoke about the XG before Doily I remember first when Klopp first took, took over and I mentioned it to you guys in the office before I was desperately searching to try and find this this quote so if anyone is listening and can find it please send it to me because I, I am interested to find it but I remember Klopp saying early doors that he wanted he wanted opponents to just hate playing Liverpool to be the worst 90 minutes of the yeah, season yeah he did say something he, like, said, he said it a few times said, to be the most uncomfortable opponents yeah. I think it was yeah, and that's yeah. kind of what Liverpool are I mean you mentioned it as well because you went and sat in the yeah, crowd didn't you you were in yeah. the crowd quite near to the pitch weren't you and you, yeah, were, you, were, you were taken aback by just how intense Liverpool actually are mm-hmm. But yeah, I was gonna I was gonna talk about that later when I talked about Salah. But yeah, I was on the fifth row last night and um, don't often sit that low down. Usually, you know, usually sit in the in the upper main stand or upper Anfield Road. And uh, sorry, upper main centenary King Kenny. Oh, getting confused by <laughs> so stands. But yeah, I usually sit higher up. There's the, the stand point. opposite the main stand. Yes, yes, yes that one. And um, I sat in, in in row five, and it's been a long time. Actually, the last time I sat that low down was the Northampton. Town <laughs> defeat. So um, it's been a while since I sat there, and and just seeing on the touchline the pace, the the fitness, the relentlessness. Um, we'll talk about Salah in a what bit. What was it all like against Northampton in comparison? Uh, yeah, it was. Funny enough, the weather was quite similar, uh, but the the mood and the result was quite quite different. But but yeah, I mean, it it, it was Klopp said, doesn't he? He said that that quote that I mentioned before, but also. You know, he said on, on Sky Sports that count, no playmaker is as good as counter-pressing. And I thought that was Liverpool at their best last night. Like you said, against United, they didn't... They weren't rushing things last night. They just kept recycling it, kept getting it back, kept putting Newcastle under pressure, and eventually it told. And, and the, example, the example you were going to mention before, actually, well, I was going to mention before, sorry, is when you mentioned about composure, not rushing it. Two of the goals, they walked the ball into the net. Yeah, yeah which, which is... You can only do that if you are playing at a very composed level. And again, I suspect we're going to get onto Curtis Jones in a bit as well, yeah. but he's somebody who's brought that in when he plays. One of the criticisms that he had of him is that he held onto the ball too too long at times. But now he seems to be able to know when you do that and when you don't. So when it's needed, he gets hold of the ball, kind of calms things down a bit. And then when he needs to get forward, he's able to do that. And I think... Uh, that's something that Ryan Gramberch hasn't quite learnt just yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which he's, he's, you know, he started very well when he came into to Liverpool, but certainly the last five or six weeks he's kind of dropped off a bit. But he's only 21. So he's going to, he'll, he'll learn over time. And Curtis has learnt that. And 
he was probably he's probably the best player over the full 90. I know I gave Jota man of the match for his contribution from the bench, but mm-hmm. it's always a, a bit easier to do that over a, a shorter period of time. But Gertz was very, very good. And he does bring that kind of, that composure. And it, also, he's bringing goals as well. He got two, didn't he, against West Ham. They had yeah. a lot of shots yeah. against Newcastle. But it was the one where he just, as you say, just in the right place to, to tap it in. And I think overall, it's that, so as Theo mentioned, they learnt from the Man United game because they didn't rush things when things weren't going possibly their way. The first, I mean, they missed a penalty, didn't they? No, which was, it's easy to forget that. Mm. And we've seen in the past when teams miss penalties, they can kind of fall apart. That's even happened with Liverpool, hasn't it? At Bournemouth last year, but uh, it was last year, yeah, last year. So I think looking at it from that point of view, I mean, you mentioned the relentlessness. If you've got the relentlessness and the counter pressing. And then you're able to, when you get on the ball, choose the right passes, which they ended up doing yeah. with the two goals where they walked it in. Even, even the, um, I don't think what the other guy, even, even you know when when Jota goes through for the, for the penalty, it's it's a great pass by McAllister awesome. who showed the yeah. time. You know, everyone would have just gone right. I'm just going to clear this or pass to the nearest player. But he went, no, hang on, I'm going to have a look up here, yeah. and he was able to put it through. So that was a bit of counter pressing and a bit of playmaking that particular. Yeah. Uh, instance. Yeah, I feel Theo. There's there's a lot of players at Liverpool who are growing him in influence. I mean, we'll come on to Jones in more detail and those another. Um, but but certainly, obviously Van Dijk was always a sort of a leader, wasn't he? And he's now officially the captain. But also, I think Trent is really stepping up. And I thought last night he was very good. Um, I know Anthony Gordon got the better of him for the goal, but then that can happen. But but I thought his passing was really good. I thought his aggression was good. Um, did he impress you last night? Yeah, but in the sense that he's been impressive for a while now. I think it's since what November international break. He's certainly stepped up a level. He's getting goals and assists, and he's probably a player who's benefited from having Endo alongside him and his other teammates, who the new ones especially, who are finding their roles in the team, so he can come to terms with his own position in a bit more. Uh, he knows how important he is to this team. You just want him to get that new contract sorted sooner rather than later this year. Like he's been part of this. To a side that has won everything for so long now but now he's coming into those peak years he's the vice captain he is probably going to be the next Liverpool captain when Van Dijk calls it a day and you know he's going to be this talisman for long years to come so he is going to lead from example like there was a time in that game where he lost his head a bit and he needed to pull away yeah, yeah. but he still had the, the leadership there to stand up for his teammates and to have that voice and I think he was one who was pulling Virgil van Dijk away when van Dijk lost his head yeah. like they are leading by example and that's what they needed when they lost Henderson when they lost Milner Fabinho all these players that have been such a big part of it you look to the younger generation to step up and Trent's certainly doing that and I think Curtis Jones is to an extent as well like he's obviously that bit younger but then they're passing on the baton and that's what you needed yeah yeah I, I give Trent a six did you give Trent a six <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's interesting because I, I just thought you know I, I get that he didn't exactly catch the eye and he's playing I feel like we're seeing a little bit less of him. He still moves into midfield, but a little bit less. Mm. He seems to pick up the ball more back at, in, in more of a traditional right-back role again. I think he had um, a few problems first half defensively against Joey mm. Linton. Yeah, well, that, uh, so far away from me. Cause I'm yeah, like, it, yeah, 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 he did yeah. have a few issues. Yeah. Only yeah. for a little bit, but it was but, enough It was enough for me to notice. Let's okay. put it that way. Right. Um, and then in the second half, obviously, there was one or two times where Gordon got the better of him, he said, for the goal. Mm-hmm. Although... Weirdly, I did think it was a bit weird in the second half. Certainly, the last ten minutes where Liverpool just went, "We're just going to keep putting everybody yeah, up forward." It's like, yeah. well, just help Trent out a little bit yeah, here. Yeah. You know, I know it, they they saw it out in the end quite comfortably, but they could have made it a little bit easier for themselves with a little bit better, I think, game management. But then maybe that was the tactics. To be honest, maybe you saw with 
Forest when they won. I think Alan Shearer made a big deal of it on match today, didn't he? Yeah. I seem to remember that. I say I seem to remember it was only a few days ago. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, that they got him behind the left back, and of course that's what. Yeah. That's what Liverpool were doing quite a lot of, and that's the area that they got one, two, three of the goals. Yeah. Well, that, that it, it all came really from Salah, didn't it? And as I, as I mentioned before, being so low down and being sort of level with Salah, we were in a great position because all the goals came from that side, and you, you could you could constantly see Salah running at him. I mean, our producer Ian over there, <coughs> hi Ian, um, said to me the other day, he's, he's not someone Salah who necessarily looks that pretty with the ball. I don't think he's someone that, that looks highly technical. But only seeing him at that level shows like the relentless nature. He's so strong. He is constantly showing for it. He's constantly involved. He was constantly running at, at poor Dan Byrne, who got substituted, but looked like he was on, you know, on the verge of passing out. He, he, he did so do a he did do a step over in the first half, which Dan was Byrne which did. was no 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 oh, uh, Klopp. Uh, Klopp? Klopp? Uh, Salah, Klopp. yeah, Klopp probably did. Klopp, Klopp, yeah. Klopp probably did. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Salah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it it, it it it's incredible to watch him, but. But it just wore Newcastle down. And I thought, you know, like you said, Cheer in a match of the day pointing out that the space behind Newcastle, they sat very, very deep, just on the, the edge of their six yard, uh, the 18 yard box. So for Salah to keep running at them the, the way they did and find the little spaces in behind them, I thought was really impressive. And yeah, I think they just wore Newcastle down and, and certainly he did, didn't he? Yeah, I would say that. I mean, it, it, again, it's like Salah. You, uh, it was interesting because when he missed the penalty, he kind of wouldn't say he lost his head for a bit, but it certainly affected him for a little while. But, you know, he made a big deal after the game, didn't he, where he said, look, I changed my boots at half time. And he says, it just helped me mentally to think, oh, I can do something a bit different. And what was it within a couple of minutes he'd scored? He did that great assist for, for Gakpo and he... And yeah. a, and he Tucked away the penalty at the end. To he should have had an assist as well. For um, it was almost carbon copy of his opener for, for Nunes, but for a good save. Yeah, that's and right. He, yeah. Um, got the pre-assist and he's uh, is that now? Is, is that now a thing? Are we calling yeah. that now? To be fair, that you know, again, pre-assist is one of those ones that you want to. Because that was a true pre-assist because it was a great ball into Jota, who who then squared it, didn't it? So I think I think on this occasion it certainly. Are we, certainly are we calling it a hockey assist? Is it not a hockey assist? I'm not calling it that. No. Pre-assist is, is, is what kind of hockey is it? Is it, ever, is it ice hockey or normal hockey? I don't know. I don't know. Neither don't do I. Know. Theo, Go you'll on, know. Theo. Why will I know? <laughs> you tend to know most of these. So I look like a <laughs> ice hockey player. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Where were we? We were talking about Salah. Yeah, and the thing is, is that, I, I mean, I mentioned it, I did the analysis piece, and I mentioned the fact that there's some people who think, oh, Salah's not that influential to Liverpool. It's like, well, yeah, he is. He's quite clearly yeah. the best player, and he has been probably since the time that he first joined. So Liverpool are going to miss it. It's as simple as that. But interestingly, Liverpool have never lost a Premier League game in which he's not played since he joined. And there's only been 10, but there's only been 10 of them, which just also underlines just how often he's fit yeah. and you know his, his, his levels of fitness now he always makes himself available and that I mean how many games did he actually missed through injury he had the concussion didn't he when he got it against Newcastle once and I think almost every other game he's missed has been through international duty or just been given a bit of a rest which he needs every now and again but this in the Premier League by the way not not, not the Cup games he's not even going to miss that many now is he Bournemouth Chelsea it depends, how, it depends how Egypt do I think we're Arsenal. expecting them to do quite well so he could miss four yeah. and but they are is it four or three? It's four, isn't it? Yeah. It's he could they're miss be, Burnley can yeah. be in that clash as well when he comes They're going to be tricky games, but Liverpool have shown in the past that they can cope without him, although they're obviously better with him. Mm-hmm. And now we mentioned before that Jota's back. Suddenly they've got, you know, Elliot's been playing out there on the right, although the fact that 
possible Slade might be injured. That might yeah. hamper things a little bit there in terms of availability. You might be needed in midfield, but Liverpool can get through it, but they're a lot better with him. Yeah, yeah. What did you make the rest of the front line, Theo? Because like, before we speak Jota, I think, Doyle, you gave him a nine and I think it was well-deserved. He, he had a brilliant cameo, but but obviously Nunes missed a couple of big chances, one of which he created for himself. Was showed great composure to set up the goal when you know it came to him and I thought he'll 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 have a shot here and he didn't. Um but again this still feels like a bit of a wasteness wastefulness there. Diaz won the penalty, I thought was sort of okay in the first half, but then in the second half, you can see why he plays almost all the time when he's fit, because they just kept giving him the ball and again like Salah does on the opposite side, he just seems to pin Newcastle in or any team that they play and, and, and keep going at them. But what did you make of them? And the, the subs worked as well, didn't they? I think that's the best we've seen from Diaz for a while. Like He's obviously not had the best time the last few months for obvious reasons, but this was a, a game where he could just get his head down, run at defenders, and he was causing them so many problems. Like It's his pass, isn't it, that plays to the first goal, picking yeah. out Nunes to square it to Salah, and he just seemed to do most things right. He knew when to cut and he knew when to play it off and with Liverpool having this more of a patient approach there were so many times when they're on like the edge of the box and they're just passing it to each other picking their moments and he was a big part of that whether it was playing it into Endo or Jones getting it back and breaking them apart and you want to see him taking on defenders there was one Cruyff turn he did in the second half where he just left two men for dead got into the box he was just that's what you want to see from Luis Diaz I know there's that criticism that he doesn't get enough goals he doesn't get enough assists but when he's making things happen Mm -hmm he's going to be a big player for Liverpool and that's what we saw last night and you're hoping that he can just keep up second half of the season because he's got some lost time to make up for and if he can, he deserves that start in place. Now Nunes with the missed chances, I don't mind the missed chances when he's creating chances, when he's making things happen. Like it was against Crystal Palace when he did virtually nothing. He was just offside for basically his whole time on the pitch it felt like and that's when you feel criticism of him that's when you, you want to see more from him and he's not offering enough but when he's on there even if he's missing chances as long as he's creating them and he's setting up things for his teammates he's occupying the centre-backs he is worth having in that team and when you've got these five forwards you can then just turn to the bench for the goals like we know when Jota is on the pitch Jota is scoring that is just happening these days he is so prolific and he's something a little bit different to everyone else and now Gakpo he's getting into a bit of form as well he knows he's not starting every week so when he does come onto the pitch he's got to make an impact he's got to make a goal get a goal and it was a clumsy finish from him but it doesn't really matter because it still goes in the back of the net uh, it was a good showing from all five forwards and it's just as well because with Salah now off for a month six weeks the other four are going to have to step up yeah Jota is, is certainly someone Doyle you feel like I mean, we're sharing it out, but you feel like the, the lot of the hopes are being pinned on him to really step up. And I'm not always certain. I really like Joseph from the start. I think he's a great impact player, but I think he's going to have to do it from the start, isn't he? Because I feel like he didn't start last night. And maybe that's because well, don't, don't he's, be, he's, he's come back from he's, injury. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I feel like it's because they're going to need him and they're going to use him in the next sort of five six to uh, four to five weeks I mean there's every chance he doesn't play against Arsenal no it, we're not, it's a bit early playing to be, Arsenal but yeah and no, I've got to say it, we're going a bit early on that one because we've got another pod haven't we this week where yeah. we'll look ahead to the Arsenal game but he, I don't necessarily think he'll play there I think he's going to be left for probably the league games or something like that so I the interesting thing about Jota is that he tends to I agree. It's like there's been so many games. Obviously, I did the, the, the ratings for nearly all, and you think he's not doing anything. Then it's like, oh, it's good. You know, there's a, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of sometimes the ball just bounces off him and it goes. But he's so. If you get the right players in and around him, that's when he makes a difference because he just he's kind of like 
anybody remembers Paul Dickoff? He was known as a bit of a pest when he played for Man City. And I'd imagine playing against Jota, just like, oh, just leave me alone. You know, it's, if you're a centre back, he just he's obviously a better player. No, no offence to Paul Dickoff, but yeah. you know, even he'd probably admit that Jota's a better player than him. Certainly playing at a high level. Um, but he's that kind of pest, isn't he? He's not the most technically gifted, I don't think. But look at, you know, look at the okay the penalty, for example. I know there's been a lot of debate about it. Did he dive or not? And I know that uh, somebody on the side of the camera feels as though he may have done. Um, but the, the Newcastle goalkeeper, Martin Dubravka, has come out and said, yeah, touched him. And he said he was very clever with what he did. He says he, he just left a trailing... Well, the insinuation is he left a trailing leg and that was that. But that's clever play. And that's what you need. And I always think with Jota, he's not like a sly player or something like that. But he is the kind of like... He knows how to handle himself. He knows how to get the most out of his talent and he knows how to get the most out of a game for his team whether that's pushing things quite to the limit or you know I don't mind that because you need players like that there's always players like in every successful team that's like that so I think that's the kind of thing that he brings and also he just presses and presses and presses and presses and that's the the primary reason that he Liverpool really you know I think it was Pep Linders wasn't it he said we need to get him in when they got him in because but say it, was, it wasn't a, a move. Well, it was a move out of the blue, wasn't it? What was it? Three yeah, and a half years yeah. ago now, yeah. Because everyone was distracted by Tiago. Well, that's it, yeah. And then, I think it was Sa, wasn't it, at Watford that Liverpool were looking at? Team over yeah. And so when he came in, I think he's he's been. He did. He, well, he went a year without scoring, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. And also, he did have a, a, a couple of nasty injuries. The one that he had recently wasn't particularly bad in the sense yeah. that he was out for just about a month, wasn't it? But you know, they missed him at that time. But as as Theo said, they missed him against United and Arsenal. But now they're coming up with these games where he's going to make an impact. Although, as I said, I don't necessarily think he'll start against Arsenal on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, sorry, go on to. I was going to say, like, start of the season when he was still getting the goals, those were the games, Stoyley's reference, where he was going missing. He wasn't doing anything for 85 minutes and then he pops up. But in the last, what, half hour he's had of substitute action, we've seen him score, assist, win a penalty. Like, it's more of an enjoyment from his performances now. He's not just going through the motions. He is making that impact. And this is him when he's had a month on the sidelines, barely been able to play. And he's had a very stop-start 18 months because of injuries uh, with the international side with Portugal when he's coming back. And he has that lengthy drought. I think he had a, a lengthy assist drought at some point as well. And then he was only setting up goals. It wasn't quite happening for him when he, before that, he'd been in the form of his life for Liverpool. Maybe now we're seeing a step back to that form in what the peak, the middle of the, the 21 22 season when he was first te- name on the team sheet pretty much in that front three before Diaz came in. And um, Hopefully, whether he's starting or coming off of the bench, this is going to continue in the months ahead because we've seen before in these seasons when Liverpool are going for all the honours, you need your offensive players to make the difference off the bench to come up and find the form second half of the season. And this is what we're getting hints at now. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Yeah, I, I, I think Jota, I think he's great when you've got a team under pressure. And he converts that pressure into to big chances, assists, goals. But I'm not so sure I like him from the start establishing that pressure, if that makes sense. I think Nunes is a very good, uh, when, he's, when he's playing well, at getting the ball, driving at opponents, creating chances, making making good runs. Whereas Jota, when a team's tired, and like you say, Jota comes on, he's just so very good at, at making them pay for little mistakes, little bit, little gaps, you know, the, the goalkeeper, you know, the, last night running through on goal, you know, finding those those sorts of spaces. So, 
He's, I'm really he's kind of the opposite to Gagpo, isn't he? Yeah, Gagpo's yeah. a very careful, yeah, very exactly, careful yeah. in possession, you know, and that kind of thing. He, he's he's got more technical ability, mm-hmm. but there's two completely different players, and they can both play down the middle, and they can both play down the left yeah. as well. So Liverpool got quite a lot of options on those two, in those two yeah. positions in the attack, but uh, because Salah's always played, they've never really had to have another one on the right. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Curtis Jones. Let's talk Curtis Jones. Obviously, you've touched on him before, Doyle Theo. He was. I thought he had a funny game last night because I thought he was very good at the start. In the middle, his his sort of his presence sort of waned a little bit, and then towards the end, he was very very good. He's a player that sort of divides opinion a little bit, but on our desk, on our desk certainly. Yeah, I mean, so actually, I wouldn't say divides opinion. There's one person that's not a Curtis Jones fan. The rest of us, I think, are sort of in the Curtis Jones fan club. But but I love him Theo. I think he, he always offers for the ball. He's always an outlet. He sort of gives the he, for me he gives that three balance, um, you know. And, and when there's a player like Endo sort of winning it back, and and you know, um, Sabozlai likes to drive with it a bit more. Curtis seems to play with his back to goal a lot. He seems to receive the ball. I, I just really like the balance he gives Liverpool. And and last night he took that a little step further, didn't he? And, and really exploited Newcastle when they were when they were on the ropes. Yeah, he offers a bit of everything, doesn't he? And he's certainly finding a bit more consistency in his game. The fact that he is being able to do it over more of a 90-minute period and do it, string games together, getting goals, getting assists. Like he he leads the press so well when he is the one chasing those balls down and he's just got so much energy. But then when he's on the, the ball as well, he's so good at keeping it, or whether it's sticking his backside out and shocking off the challenge or just carrying it forward. He's this complete midfielder and we've seen him for so many years coming through the academy and he's had those levels of performance at the youth level and you've seen the potential and you wanted him to take that next step and that's what we're seeing now he's players relishing having this extra responsibility in the team and even though they spent 150 million on midfielders in the summer he's probably for me the first one on the team sheet at the moment I know you can have the debate for Saboslav and we've seen him have a, a drop off recently but he just seems to be enjoying his football he leads by example you want him in that team you feel a lot more confident about Liverpool being able to get a win when he is in that team because he does bring the balance as you said there he complements the other options so well and in the past we've seen the team it's not looked like it's had that balance, whether Thiago's in there or Henderson's in there and you've not had that offensive nature to it or the ability to do everything. He brings that when they were lacking that, especially last season. Yeah. The, inter- the interesting thing for me about Kurt is that he's kind of like an example of what it's like for a player to grow up in a very, very successful team. I mean, we've seen it at City over the last couple of years with someone like Phil Foden, for example. Um, but with Curtis, when he made his debut... It was he seventeen, and he—I can't remember where he played. Where did he play? Was he, was he, he midfield? He, he, he played either off the left of the attack, didn't he? Well, that's when he first um, started. That's when he yeah. going to say. He took the Wolves' FA Cup yeah, game. But the yeah. Wolves, where Liverpool had just got to the European Cup final, when he made his first Premier League appearance, Liverpool were the European champions. When he made his first Premier League start, Liverpool were the world champions. So this is, and, he, and he's got the added pressure, or certainly the added focus of him being a local player and somebody who's been built up through the academy where I remember watching him in the UEFA Youth League that year, I think it was 1920, where he was the best player, even some of the opposing managers said he's the best player in the competition by miles. Then Liverpool didn't go on to win it because normally when they get to the knockout stages, a lot of the players have either gone out on loan or have moved up to the first team, which is what happened with Curtis. And by then he'd, all, he'd scored the the goal against Everton, hadn't he? So yeah. that was his calling card for a while. But he's a good example of a player who's not only had to grow up and 
adapt to playing at this high level, but has also had to change position because you mentioned before he was he was a he was a winger. Yeah. He was he was just forward forward. He was he said. I mean, I spoke to him. When was it? it was in in uh, Germany over the summer? He said I used to just be about goals and assists. That's, that's all I was thinking about. But now it's different. But now I'm learning from having played with these other players, and I need to get into the team. And I think it was against Norwich in the League Cup 2021 where he played defensive midfield. That's the first oh, time yeah, we yeah. saw we saw him in a different position, and he was playing. Well, that was a bit unusual. I had to do this, that, and the other. And he's not going to get it right all the time, but he's kind of found that niche, hasn't he, on the left side of that midfield three when. He came in, and it's. I don't think it's any coincidence that Liverpool's run since he came into the team, playing there. That's the start of the inverted right back playing. Yeah. Uh, I think they've, they've lost only one of the last thirty Premier League games, and we know that was the Tottenham game. But everything that happened there. But he, at the end of last season, played all the games. Start of this season, he's had a few issues with injuries. Obviously, it was the, the red card, a yeah. uh, red card at Tottenham, and then the impact of some of the other players who've come in, but. Lately now, he's kind of shown why he plays, how he's adapted to it, how the other players around him, Klopp's mentioned previously, why Darwin Nunes has improved because he's got Curtis doing some of the defending for him or pushing him into certain positions. And he's obviously now starting to pop up with the goals as well, yeah. where he's, he feels as though he's got enough confidence in his own game where he can knows the times, as I mentioned before, when to get up and when to start to shoot. So I think he's a player where he's also benefited from Graham Birch coming in in the sense that, again, he mentioned in the summer, he says, look, all these players are coming in, but Graham Birch hadn't been signed by that point. Yeah. And this is somebody who's been signed who plays in exactly the same position that he plays in. And you could say McAllister as well, although he's kind of been converted into a also a defensive midfielder. But uh, Jones, that 40, was it 35 million for Graham Birch? And I think... Yeah. What, Rising to 40, you, wasn't Yeah, it? right, yeah. I think that in itself has been worth it if it's got Curtis up to a even an extra level because he's somebody who obviously I've said for a long time he he's, could be a Liverpool regular for years and he's kind of proven that now well, we were saying that in the summer weren't we when the under 21s Euros we were saying why are you looking at a Taram, a Kone and all these midfielders when you've got Curtis Jones he was, he was uh, the best player yeah, and he was best. the best player in the tournament by yeah. far and I think it got a little bit less backlash by the end of the tournament when he's been one of the stars there but he's a, a player that's also benefited from Jurgen Klopp being at Liverpool for as many years as mm. he has and transforming it behind the scenes like the fact that the academy plays the exact same way all the way down this is how a Jurgen Klopp team plays and he's that first player to come through playing that way and schooled in that high pressing style like Trent he was already in the first team in that first, what, full season for Klopp. So he was learning on the job. Whereas you've been able to do it in the academy. All these youngsters of that talent are going to come through and know what to do. And he's that first example. They're leading the way for all of them. So essentially, Tom Cavilla, if you're listening, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It it is interesting, though, because I think with Midfield, there's always like an element of some people... I think people from from Midfield always want... They want goals, they want tackles, they want a bit of everything. And they... I think they they don't think that midfield, especially over any other part of the pitch, is about balance. And I think for Liverpool, during those years under Klopp, when they, they were really, really good, they had a midfield three in, in Fabinho, Henderson and Wijnaldum that was perfectly balanced. They all weighed in with the odd goal at crucial times, but they all knew exactly their role. Well, they didn't have to score, did they? Because no, they had the front no. three. And, things and the full-backs. Exactly, yeah. But things have slightly changed now because yeah. obviously they've changed yeah. the system and suddenly you've got Trent coming into midfield and that is allowing some of them to get forward a bit more and get some goals. Yeah, but I, but I think Curtis is a good successor to Wijnaldum also, almost on that left-hand side. 
um, because he brings them balance. He, he brings them possession and, and keeping hold of the ball. And yeah, if he can add that extra layer and, and start getting more goals as he did last night against West Ham, then then he can go up another level. So yeah, I'm really, really pleased to see him do well. I think he's been, most of the time when he's played this season, has been great. You know, both West Ham games, both in the league and, and in the League Cup, I thought he was superb. And, and um Last night, one of his best games yet this season. So. Imagine if we'd said this time last year that he's going to be one of your first yeah. names in midfield. He's going to have won an yeah. international tournament with England. You'd have laughed. He's nowhere near the team. Yeah, he wasn't, he was, last year, was all he? the injuries, yeah. wasn't he? And he yeah. wasn't. They took a time to get him back in the yeah. team. They're saying because we had the Champions League games, he couldn't yeah. train properly with us. Uh, at least the patience has paid off, and now we're seeing the yeah. benefits. But if you want, if you want to know good courtesies, just look at the Porto Champions League game the other year where he just ran it. Yeah. He had to get something like four assists or something yeah. ridiculous like that. I mean, that's the kind of level. That he's capable of, and it just looked really easy for him. And he was playing in midfield. Yeah, well, my, my response is always: if you look how good Curtis is, the manager selects him almost every week. And and if if Jurgen Klopp thinks he's that good to play in a crucial part of the p- pitch, then then you probably should think the same because Jurgen Klopp knows a little bit more about football than, than most of us. Um, with Taroendo, I thought as well. Doily last night was superb. You gave him a good rating. You gave him an eighth. I gave, eight I gave him a seven. A seven? A seven, yeah. Seven. You've basically oh, so picked the two yeah, players that Doily gave the lowest rating. I gave Sob Savosla a six. I gave Grant much five. Yeah, I thought, I th- I thought he was poor. He okay. did do a very good ball for Salah for the chance right at the end, but obviously mm. by then it's 4-2. I mean, going, going back to Endo, I think he... It's it's... It's just, it's been strange for him because he came and no one expected anything, and then when he didn't do anything at the beginning, everybody was upset. And it's like, well, hang on, <laughs> what did you expect? You know, and but he's people forget he's thirty. Yeah. He's actually seen quite a lot. You know, he's experienced quite a lot. He's played in World Cups. He's played in the Bundesliga. So really, the only thing that it needed for him was to get up to speed. And the only way he's going to do that was by playing games. And he was obviously going to have some issues. And it's interesting the amount of times Klopp substituted him at half time certainly in the Europa League mm-hmm. there was a lot of games like that where he, he came I say a lot of games there's probably only two but it just felt like there was a yeah, lot yeah. it's um, happened two or three times isn't yeah, it yeah so he hasn't played the full 90 that often and he didn't play the full 90 again yeah. on, uh, on on Monday but the difference there is obviously he'd, he'd done his bit by then the other on a booking as well not that yeah, suspension yeah. would have yeah, mattered spent, at all spent, yeah. he seems to have spent most of his Liverpool career on a booking and just like <laughs> safe and negotiating his way yeah. through it but he, uh, those but sorts of players but, should but, be on a booking though yeah. they should, they, they should know when to, to commit for and he's I think he started is that seven or eight in a row I think it was seven in a row and I think it's been a very long time since a Liverpool player started outfield Liverpool player started seven games in a row I think I might be completely wrong it was that, that. Start, midfield, wasn't midfield there, yeah. was, like was it midfield it was two of the midfielders yeah two of the midfielders yeah so I think, um, again, going back to the whole Salah thing, yeah, I think Endo will be missed, but McAllister coming back is quite timely because while the old recency bias of, oh, Endo has been better at defensive midfield than McAllister, Liverpool did still win a load of games with McAllister playing there. Absolutely. I, I just, what I liked about Endo, Hendo, they called him yesterday. Yeah. What I liked about Endo was um, just. Again, the relentlessness of Liverpool yesterday, recycling the ball, getting it into the final third, putting Newcastle back under pressure. And he was just very good at picking the ball up, winning it. I thought he won some good tackles, especially. It's, it's, it's his attitude. It's yeah. his attitude. That, recycle, which is, goes it. back to the thing about yeah. having the bookings in yeah. the games. And he just carries on regardless yeah. anyway. Yeah. He's, that, that's the experience as well. He knows when he can make the fouls. Yeah. Yeah. You, you do need to go back to what I said about Jota. You need a little bit of that devilment in your team. You know, people are going to be clever enough to do yeah. certain things. Yeah, and you can tell the levels wise. You know, he's never going to be as good as a Fabinho, 
but he's already 30 and if he can play a, a role for Liverpool over say 18 months or two years then that, well, that's wasn't fine. Milner that age when yeah. they signed him on a free transfer and look how long he lasted he's yeah. a squad player he's starting more games than you'd expect he's proven his quality making that difference in the defensive third and he's a very different holding midfielder to McAllister but then McAllister comes in and plays that pass and you yeah. see what he offers as well yeah. um, he's going to be a miss over these next few games but you're kind of glad that it's not as many Premier League matches. Like yeah. you would rather have him going for to the Emirates for that league yeah. game, not the FA Cup one. But McAllister will hopefully find his uh, speed by then as well. But then he's coming back, and you can go between the two. You can just weigh up your opponents. What, when do you need to have that extra offensive body who's got a bit more patience on the ball and can pick out that killer pass, or do you need someone who's just going to recycle it and keep grinding it out until you do break through? Yeah. If there's one Liverpool player, one player, sorry, in the Liverpool squad, he's going to take it to the corner flag and fall over and win a free kick at Tendo. Yeah, the best yeah, tribute yeah. you could possibly have for James Milner. Yeah, yeah, and and to be honest, and before that, Haman, who was also the greatest mm. at relieving pressure with a, a fall over free kick. Um, yeah, I mean, quick one on on Sabozlai. I mean, that will be a blow. Whenever you see a player touch his hamstring as he walks off the pitch, you think, oh god, because I don't, I don't remember it. I think Klopp may have actually said this earlier this season. I don't remember someone going for a scan for a hamstring injury. Gravenberg is uh, well, the only one, isn't it? Well, Alisson was only out for a couple of games as well. He yeah, did his hamstring. That's true, yeah. So, fingers crossed, it's not a good one. He did walk off and he, he walked right round the pitch. and Yeah, f- fingers crossed. But it, they, they they were trying to get him off, weren't they, before beforehand? And um, yeah, it's unlucky that they didn't get him off quite in time. A uh, quick word on the pens. A lot of bit debate yesterday. And it, I, I wanted to kind of get through a pod without VAR. And I thought... Gorsty, um, God bless him, um, did a good did a good tweet yesterday when he got home, said, going from Anfield and can't believe that I've kind of come online and watched the highlights and all the debates is about two Liverpool penalties and VAR when Liverpool wiped the floor with Newcastle in, in terms of the way they played and the statistics. Um, but It's easier to talk about controversy than it yeah. is to talk about somebody doing something good, yeah. which applies yeah. to all forms of life. Yeah, yeah. Well, That's it's very deep. Yeah. Well, you can have a think about it later on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna. I, I just thought they were both penalties. That that was. Yeah. You know, the, fir- the first one, it's as contact, and the if the referee gives it, then there's no way VAR is going to overturn it. The second one, I never at any point thought it wasn't a penalty. The interesting thing for me is that the referee did that whole thing where he just kind of looked at it. Yeah. Sorry, looked at it for ages, and then just went, "That's a penalty." Then we just saw the replay. I know a lot of people are saying that it wasn't a penalty, but. The fact that, that I said before, the Newcastle goalkeeper came out and said, yeah, he it's, touched it's, me. Alan Shearer, wasn't, Alan Shearer wasn't very happy, was he? But I wonder why. Yeah. Was Gary Neville happy? I mean, I don't know. I've, I've, I've read some stuff. Obviously, yeah. we were at the game, haven't heard the yeah. commentary, but there's some suggestion that he was less than into you. So I must, he must have got some bad Christmas presents or something. Yeah, I mean... I, I, Just United not being very well. Yeah, but the they've, com- not been, they've not been well for ages, so that's, that's no excuse. I didn't see the commentary, but um, but yeah, I only watched the highlights, and on the highlights he wasn't exactly enthused, but I have been told that he was full of praise for Liverpool at other times during the match. So, um, But yeah, they are uh, uh, two penalties. I mean, that's what professional footballers do, don't they? they? They take the contact and they go down, and, and you know, someone like Shearer might call that a dive, but it's just part of gamesmanship, it's part of the game, and, and if you go around the goalkeeper and he clips your feet, then how many players aren't going down? Well, how often do you you stay on your feet and then you go, oh, I should have gone down to yeah. try and win the penalty yeah. there? Like There is contact. It takes an extra step or so. But if you're a striker and you think, I can stay on my feet and I'm going to score here, you just score. The fact that he's gone down 
there is enough there for him to make that happen. Like I've just done Aldo's column and he said the only way he's going down in that situation is if he's taken the penalty. And Jota knows there's no way he's taken that penalty. So there's obviously enough contact for him to not stay on his feet. And it's an awkward one when it's uh, like clipped on the ankle, trailing leg. He, he knows what he's doing, but it's still an easy situation for him to get the goal for himself if he felt he could. But I thought the first one was Stonewall. Like Diaz does so well to get through so many bodies there, twisting and turning, and he basically gets taken out twice in the yeah. process. And then he goes down. Like, he's, what, six yards out? He's going to slam that home, score for himself. If you've got the goal gaping in front of you and you've got a chance to score yourself, if there's contact there, you don't go, oh, this might be a better chance of scoring. It's just what's happened. They've been fouled. They've gone to ground. Two penalties. And there's all this debate because of VAR and we take longer looking at it, slow it down and everything. Nah, nothing wrong with these two. Yeah, the Jota one actually reminds me, if you remember uh, Bramall Lane, Gerard going around the goalkeeper. I think that was slightly different. He got different. a clip. But he, but he, he, got, I don't he think he clip. did. I don't think he did, did he? I, th- I think he no, did I th- I and then he scuffed the shot. I thought it was... I thought it was Jagielka years ago. Um, it's not, is it? I'm getting confused here. No, there was one way he went around the goalkeeper and he got a clip and he took a shot. So he scuffed his shot and then Liverpool got the penalty and, and Neil Warnock, um, in, in a surprise to nobody, wasn't happy about that and complained about it on the final. That was the opening day of the season and the final day of the season he complained about it. But, it, but I remember at the time thinking, well, if he doesn't get a clip, he gets a cleaner shot away. Surely that's a foul. You know, that and... Yeah, I, I thought the same last night. He gets a clip. Otherwise, he goes around the goalkeeper cleanly and, and scores, doesn't he? The, the other interesting one for me is that when Joey Linton wasn't booked. Yeah. yeah. Said and, uh, but that was a rule that you cleared up for us? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was a rule. Yeah, yeah they, they, they told us about it. So it was like, oh, fair enough. It wasn't so much bad officiating as I initially reported, but bad reporting. Yeah, so hmm? there you go. Um, do you want to apologise? I think I'll get a one-match ban. To Joey Linton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Joey Linton. always sounds wrong when I say his name like that. That is, yeah. you know what I mean? I feel... Joe Linton? I know it's not. It is Joey Linton, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Isn't it just Joe Linton? I thought you were joking saying Joey Linton. No, no, no. Joe Linton. Joe Linton. Joe Linton. See, I've I've, see. He's a very. um, Did he a man wants him to join Liverpool? Doesn't he? We get those quotes sent around every so often. He's he's like a, he's like a dare cow, but without any goals. You know, he just just works and works and works and sticks himself about, doesn't he? Imagine if the same thing happens to Darwin Nunes that happened to him. You go and spend all this money on a, a record yeah. signing, a striker, yeah. then realise he can't actually score that many yeah. goals, so you just make yeah. him a number eight. Yeah. Yeah. I will give you 10 English pounds if that happens. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but I mean, that's just how ridiculous it was that he's been transformed to a midfielder and is actually quite a good midfielder compared to a forward. Yeah. F- final thoughts then, yeah. title race. Um, Liverpool three points clear at the top. What have you made the last month, Doyle? Have they have they done well to get themselves in this position? Has there been a little bit of missed opportunity, or or is it a case of just they've navigated the the, the tricky period well? Well, it's not a case of missed opportunity. They're actually in a stronger position than when they went into it. So it could I'd, be even even a stronger. Well, that could be the same. Premise. You can't just go look at every single game. You could, no. you know what I mean? It's like look at you know Aston Villa. Look at Aston Villa. They drew it home with Sheffield United. Mm-hmm got beat at Man United when they were 2-0 up. You look at that and go, oh, that wasn't very good. But they're only three, they're in second yeah. place, only three points off the top. I mean, the big losers are Arsenal, where I think I'm not ruling them out the title race at all. They're only five points behind, aren't they? And they've got to play Liverpool at home. So, you know, they can, they'll be thinking they can get a win out of that one. And there's, there's still after, just under half the season to go. So, City are the ones, aren't they? Yeah. City are the ones. They've they're got Haaland, Doku and... Um, 
De Bruyne. De Bruyne to come back. Um, so they'll be stronger. They're obviously world champions. They, they, they've kind of, I think that's distracted them for a while, actually, I think. Yeah. I think so, anyway. Uh, they've got an easy draw in the Champions League, so they don't have to worry about that till about April, probably. Um, so they'll just put their heads down and crack on with it. They're not as good as they were in recent seasons, but you only have to be as good as the other teams, and Liverpool aren't as good as they were 2018, 19, 19, 20, probably even 21, 22. They're a new team, uh, City, you could argue they're making changes. They're a bit of a new team. Villa, definitely a new team, which is why I think Arsenal are the ones who've missed out. Tottenham, a new team as well. I couldn't, yeah. couldn't believe Tottenham are only a point behind Arsenal, aren't yeah, they? Which is, again, they've, you, you know, they're not, they got beat at Brighton, but they tend not to draw many games at the moment. They've, they're winning again. And, they tend to win at home. The well, that's thing. it. I mean, they're winning and they're getting players back as well because they missed quite a few players and when they lost the way a little bit so since they won the league in was it September yes, yes. Uh, it's funny is that Arsenal won the league already and Tottenham and you know I'm sure if Liverpool fall away because they, they will get some you know indifferent results coming people say well Liverpool won the league in January yeah. but maybe they won it last night well that, that's it possibly did a dance, yeah, didn't yeah, they? exactly yeah so that, that might be the, the thing that they look back at but it's only January January what second today there's still an awful long way to go I mean come back in you know midway through March, March international break and if they're all still up there then we've got a great end to the season if Liverpool are within two or three points then they've definitely got a chance of winning the title but for now it's just a matter of you know accruing as many points as possible and seeing what happens I, I sound like Klopp there don't yeah. I it's like, yeah, yeah. I'm in the mix zone so what do you think Ian well it's it's a pretty good assessment, I think, because it's it's very it's very tight. It's tighter than we've seen for a very long time, Theo, and and like I, I'm one hundred percent with Doyle. I think City will go on a run, and if Liverpool can somehow keep themselves close, that that will be their opportunity. Because we know of all the teams there, City are the ones that have proven time and again that if someone's going to win ten matches in a row, it's probably going to be them, isn't it? Yeah, City are going to do that. They're going to go on a, a run and be right up there. They'll finish above. Arsenal and they'll be in the top two unless Arsenal are the side that are going for the title. You, you know what I mean from that? Um, Not really, no. But <laughs> <continue>. <laughs> unless they don't. That's, uh, Basically, what I'm saying is they will be in the top two whether it's with Liverpool or whether it's with Arsenal. Oh, you know, which way that so goes. So basically, City are still the team to beat. That'll City be, yeah. is still the yeah. team to beat, definitely. And they've got De Bruyne coming back. Haaland will come back from injury. And as Doyle's just said, they can just go on a run now. They don't have to worry about the Champions League for a while. Yeah. And they've just got that strength and depth. I think they'd be more worried, or they are will be more worried that it's Liverpool who have got the, the lead than if it's Arsenal because with Klopp Liverpool have done it before they've won these trophies whereas Arsenal they still need that first trophy like the difference winning the Champions League yeah. made to Liverpool and winning the FA Cup made to City way back when they need that first trophy to get that taste of it to then go and do that little bit more but once you're in it you just got to stay in that touching distance they've built this lead you don't want to throw it away with the ridiculous uh, results that not don't go your way uh, you've got some tough games coming up Arsenal Chelsea Bournemouth away Bournemouth is a tricky one they're doing time. well this season but Liverpool put themselves in a great position and the fact that no one has really been at their best yet you can't yeah. say any of these teams are clear favourites you'd expect most of them to come back stronger second half of the season it depends who comes back from injury like we saw second half of 21-22 that was when Liverpool were at their best when they had a, basically a fully fit squad yeah. made the, a good signing in Diaz and that made a massive difference and you think this time that season it was a, a three horse race wasn't it and then the games in January sort of changed it it looked like City were going to run away with it Chelsea and Liverpool dropped off but then Liverpool went on a run and took it to the last day uh, it's still so early 
but we'll see who comes in. I don't expect Villa to last the distance. They'll get distracted by Europe. They don't have the squad strength and depth. The squad's not got the quality or the experience of the other sides. But when you've got Liverpool and Man City in there, if Arsenal can get in close or Spurs, it's set up to be one of the best title races we've seen. I actually think Villa will stick around for a lot longer than people think. Yeah, Maybe for a lot longer. I I don't think think they'll stick around until the last month of the season. I think think they'll still be within touching distance in March. Don't forget, there's not. Of, of funny, the funny, yeah, funny enough, there's not actually that many. This is the old thing where there's not many league games played in January and February because there's so many week, uh, yeah, weekends true. with FA Cup games. So it'll give that impression that these teams are hanging around longer than they actually might otherwise be. But yeah. that's good for them, then, isn't it? I mean, going back to Arsenal as well, I think the fact that they are not leading at the moment, it'll be a benefit of the, for them because we saw last season they led it for so Taking long and everybody just went, oh, it's City, it's City, it's City, it's City. But this time who, it who could be... That? Who did who, that? Sorry. I, I've, I've absolutely no idea who was putting the pressure on Arsenal yeah, on social yeah. media. That'd be terrible if they did that. It, it, it You're is an Arsenal fan though, aren't you? I've got, I did have yeah. to cope for a while. Yeah. There were seven I'll points. try and remember mine for next for the weekend. Sorry, yeah. Joe. They were seven points clear at this time of this, uh, last season, Arsenal at the top of the table. Um, but everybody knew. Yeah, but everybody, just, knew. everybody knew it. And this is the interesting thing that... What are Liverpool fans thinking now? We've just spoken. We all know Man City are coming again. They've kind of got that psychological hold. But you can only do it so many times. And no team has ever won four. I just think that's a, I know, I know, I know you've, you've said yeah. this before. But the fact is, it's true in the whole of history. Yeah. It's, it's never true, happened. But then, but then it wouldn't surprise me if next season we said no team's ever won it five times in a row. You know, th- those records are there to be broken. I don't necessarily think that impacts on a team's performance. And we know when City... You know they get their Champions League draw and then they'll get Huddersfield at home, Macclesfield at home, Strawberry Field at home. <laughs> I think it's the more the fact and, that teams don't last for four years, do yeah, they? Yeah. Teams only have one or two years at the ma- absolute maximum where they are at their peak, yeah. and it's whether or not you know City can. They've already built one, two good teams. It's whether they can build this third one now. Well, they won't because they'll be in the Conference North by then, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> and on that we bombshell. Shall yeah, on that bombshell. We'll, we'll leave it there, but we'll um, be back on Friday to look ahead to a dusty old thing called the FA Cup. And, um, it's better than the League Cup. No, I'm Team League Cup now. Yeah, Win three games and you're basically at Wembley. Semi-final next week. It's um, it's about the to The FA get Cup serious. is better than the League Cup. The end. We will leave it there and cut that bit out at the end. Do not See you on Friday. Ta-ra. <laughs> to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.